Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be my talk about how the Outbreak Perfected mission was needed. I think this is a very well-timed event, and also, not only the event, but also the exotic itself. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm not live, click the follow button. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit subscribe and like. That helps me out as well. So, why was this needed? Why was the Outbreak Perfected needed? I want to talk about this from two sort of angles. Number one, Drifter wasn't the best season. We kind of had a rough patch here with content. The content itself wasn't that great. It was a bit of a, a weak season when compared to Black Armory. But also, we've had a lot of discussions on my channel about exotics, especially exotic primaries. And I think this is very, very needed right now in the realm of giving an example of how you can do an exotic that isn't a heavy that has other purposes than just killing trash ads. A lot of the primary exotics in the game, they're just really, really good at killing trash ads. They don't do much more than that, so that just makes them kind of feel like pinnacle legendaries right now, because there are so many strong legendaries in the game, like the Breakneck, the Midnight Coup, a God Roll Warden's Law, you know, a Blast Furnace, a Kindled Orchid. So many, so many great legendaries makes it really, really hard to justify using exotic primaries. So the way that they pulled this off, not only with the upgraded version of the Outbreak Prime, now called the Outbreak Perfected, but also the mission itself, how it was timed and how it was done, I think was very, very excellent. So I want to talk about how Drifter was a dud. Then I want to talk about exotic primaries. I want to end by saying more like this, but more like this, but like, cause everybody's like, Oh, do more, do more, do more. They say the same thing about the, the dungeons, but you got to be careful asking for too much of a good thing. So let's just talk about how drifter was a dud reckoning and gambit prime. Just really, I don't think delivered very, very good sticky content for people. I don't think it captured the way that they were hoping. I think, I think gambit originally had really, really good response. But then once it got off the ground and started like getting overwhelmed by really strong weapons like the Queen Breakers or really, really strong meta strats that kind of nullify a lot of the things you'd like to do, I don't think Gambit Prime and Reckoning landed very well. Reckoning is kind of tough. That's okay to have tough content. Just the design structure of Reckoning, I believe, is poor. Uh, no checkpoints. Way too punishing. Horrible drop rate. Not that satisfying of gameplay because it's built around a handful of exotics for super spam. I don't find it that enjoyable at all. So, and I think I'm in. I think I'm in good company here. When we look at the daily engaged player numbers, Gambit's you know trending downward. Uh, it's doing okay. I think Gambit does oh. Oh, oh, all right. Um, but the lack of intentionality, the lack of good drop rates on the weapons, you know, the loot was actually good. They actually added good loot in Reckoning. New perks, the loot looks dope, but there's no intentionality. It was a big step down from Black Armory. So with Drifter not having a really, really strong presence and strong reception with the community, you got to also remember one of the reasons I think people didn't land very well with Drifter was it was just one more season where the primary grind seemed to be one of you know, pain from enhancement cores, bad RNG on milestones. So I think that kind of strained, you know, it was kind of stretched people to their breaking point. Not to mention the the content itself was very narrow. If you don't like Gambit, you're probably not going to like Gambit Prime. If you're not really a hardcore endgame grinder, you're probably not going to like Reckoning. And it, it's not that Reckoning is challenging. I just think it's too punishing. It's too easy to get reset. And the drop rate stunk. And the content itself just wasn't all that satisfying. So... 
we needed a win before they started talking about opulence we really needed a win they needed to be able to say everybody's excited everybody's talking about destiny everybody's thrilled to kind of be booting up solving puzzles going after you know an iconic gun the outbreak perfected formerly known as the outbreak prime so we needed this win we do know that opulence is around the corner and we've been hearing whispers that it's going to be really really good i said that it had to be really good it's vicarious vision swan song it's got to get everybody kind of ramped up and reinvigorated for whatever they start trying to promote this summer for September so this was needed because Drifter was a bit of a dud Exotic Primary is what I want to talk about next this is something that I've been talking about for a while that Exotic Primaries are so tough to justify using you have to put away things like 1k Voices Wardcliffe Coil, Thunderlord, Whisper of the Worm Uh, it's so hard to do that because those weapons are so so strong and generally speaking a lot of the exotic primaries just end up matching the efficiency of legendary pinnacle weapons they don't do really anything else in comes the outbreak perfected this exotic primary is worth using and one of the reasons it's worth using is it does something that I talked about before the only way you make these weapons stronger is you have to have them leave their lane and one of the examples I gave was the Igolos shotgun one of the reasons it needed nerfed is it was leaving its lane it was a great shotgun it was a great mid-tier major buster you know mini boss killer but it was also outdoing as far as dps goes it was outdoing exotic heavy weapons it was leaving its lane it was functioning both as a mid-tier shotgun rapid fire weapon gut buster it was also functioning as an exotic heavy tier weapon of damage output and it needed to be put in check that was one of the reasons i don't call for nerfs that often but that weapon was leaving its lane now i can i actually think there's a good argument you could make for exotic weapons from this point on if they're not a heavy weapon they need to leave their lane they need to have something that makes them worth using outside of what that intended lane is for you know your primary weapons for trash ads your secondary weapons generally for like the mid-tier you know majors the shielded enemies maybe mini bosses they need to be able to leave that lane you know your tier one and tier two weapons need to be able to say okay we're great at this thing we're great at killing trash ads but we're also good at fill in the blank the way they have executed this on the outbreak perfected is actually very subtly brilliant because it's amazing at trash ad killing not only is it great at killing trash ads very fast because it's got accurized rounds it shoots really nice and fast it's that nice fast fire rate pulls the 450 but it has outlaw and accurized rounds so as a weapon ground level that's what an exotic should be an exotic should be out of the box excellent it should just function great at that thing but then it leaves its lane and does really really good damage to tanky enemies and bosses because you can just keep firing and throwing the nanites on them and you start to get a damage buff that comes from the weapon itself now there's there's already speculation that they're going to nerf this weapon it does seem to trivialize some of the boss fights if all six people or if all three people are using it the nanites just keep stacking I don't think they need to nerf the weapon, just cap that nanite damage so that when I use it solo, I don't feel a difference. You only feel a difference when you go into environments with six people where the buff's getting somewhat absurd. I think that'd be okay. As long as the weapon functions as it's intended, as an exotic primary that leaves its lane, is excellent against majors and bosses, even the solo environment. I was using it on public event bosses and stuff. It's very, very strong, especially with the rally barricade because you don't have to reload. It's an excellent weapon. 
it looks cool, and it does multiple things. It kind of gets to wear those multiple hats. Again, I think from this point on, the philosophy behind the Outbreak Perfected needs to be the philosophy they apply to any exotic primaries or secondaries in the future. They should not just be really, really good primaries and secondaries. They should leave their lane, do other things, function in other ways as a way to justify the fact that this is an exotic. You're going to take off that Wardcliffe coil, that 1K voices, that whisper of the worm. Then you feel like it's worth it because you're not breaking your entire loadout. Lastly, let's talk about more like this, but more like this, however... Now, missions like this are great, they're unique, they're fun, they're, they're moments, it's an actual moment for the community to say, yo, this thing is awesome, this mission was dope, this was really, really fun, they come together, they solve the puzzle, it's super dope, that's undeniable, okay? But we don't want to treat this like we've done with the dungeons where people are like, give us more dungeons, give us more content like this. We need this. Oh, do so much more of it. The analogy I gave yesterday is most of Destiny is meat and potatoes content, and we need that meat and potatoes content to be significantly better. The main course, the main meal that you sit down, that you do every single week, every single day needs a lot more put into it, a lot more, a lot more meat you know, on the plate needs to be there. Missions like this are like dessert or you know dungeons are kind of like dessert you don't want a seven course meal of dessert this actually works well because it's infrequent it's rare it's a mystery and then obviously a couple of weeks go by and then you're done you've gotten everything you've gotten the catalyst you've gotten the schematic you've solved the puzzles cool over done with but you can't fill the entire game with this type of content. It doesn't, it, it wouldn't function well. You have to see there's multiple levels of content in Destiny and the main vacancy in Destiny right now is the meat and potatoes day-to-day grind content that the Ada Bounties hints at. A reason to be grinding strikes, nightfalls, public event spaces. Why am I ranking up NPCs? Why am I not? Where are the rewards? Where are the ornaments? Where are those reasons to daily and weekly grind the game? One of the reasons this stuff stands out so much is we're kind of starved for content as well as it's just so unique and special the uniqueness and the specialness would go away if stuff like this was happening all the time i think once a season is probably a good fair amount to say once a season or once every other season give us a dungeon once a season or every other season give us an event give us a mystery like this i think that would be awesome i'd be okay with that so overall this was a needed event this was a needed weapon it helps inform a philosophy for both exotic design from this point on as well as just content structure stuff like this stands as really really awesome moments to kind of land or end a season to stretch out content that there's not a lot to it but it's exciting and fun so as always uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or watching on YouTube you can always catch me live twitch.tv slash rage as with all my content appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the question and answer session after I talked about how the outbreak was needed, both as an exotic weapon to give good philosophy for exotic primaries, as well as the quest in general. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. If I'm not live, click follow on my Twitch channel. Also, if you're watching on YouTube, click and like and subscribe will help me out. Right now, I've got some buddies working on the void configuration for me. They're at 13 out of 49. Uh, They're basically running back back and forth from the monitors doing the thing that was figured out by Raid Secrets. I just am thankful to have people willing to do that for me while I sit here and take questions from the audience. So we got our way here. We, we got the catalyst. We did everything, you know, but now they're just going to do this for me while I take questions from you guys. So Papa Prime says, now the outbreak perfected has been discovered. Do you think that the next season or will be SIVA Revival? 
I don't actually know if they're going to bring back SIVA. I mean, they certainly could. Somebody had a pretty good theory that because SIVA is on Nessus, that it could have gotten sucked into the Leviathan, and that's where our raid's going to be, and it'll be SIVA, you know, as, as the way that they set it up. So that's definitely possible. Um, I don't know. I mean, Whisper came, and then everything was very taken and forsaken. So they could definitely, they could definitely do something like that. I, I don't, I don't want to read too much in the tea leaves. This could just be something fun that they did as a tack on, you know, going underneath the tower for Black Armory and then coming down here, you know, for here, retreading Old Ground, Scourge, and all that. It, it, it could just be in that vein as well. I want to thank uh, Mo Moheim for three months of subs and Kristoff for 25 months of subs. Welcome back. Ghostface. Do you think the Outbreak content was a proactive way to cushion the downturn of seasons coming to an end as well as revelry? Oh, 100%. That's exactly what it was. I mean, listen, when I saw the catalyst in the API, people people call it data mining. It was basically the catalyst showed up in the API, so it wasn't really data mining. Um, When that happened... I immediately said, Revelry just ended, we're about to enter a four-week dry spell, the gun is in the game right now. Like, I just knew it. I was like, there's no way this catalyst showed up by mistake the Tuesday that Revelry ends when they do some minor teeny update. So this is 100% their way of, like, landing the plane. That's why I argued and said it was needed. Drifter was a bit of a dud. The season was not that great. It wasn't very well received. They needed something to reinvigorate the community. The narrative needed to change. The narrative needed to turn positive. It was so negative. You had people complaining about the tonics in PvP. You had people saying, you know, Arc Week wasn't an event. The the narrative was not good. This is a great runway to them starting to give us information, vid docs and stuff about Season of Opulence. I have continued to say that I think Season of Opulence is going to be significantly better than both, you know, the two annual pass injections we've gotten up to this point. So... This is just a good way, I think, to kind of end a ho-hum season as well as get us kind of in a good mood to hear about opulence. Matham says, Do you think bringing back weapon or armor from D1 is a good idea? I have no problem with it. It doesn't bother me. You know, people get upset about it, like, recycled content. The entire zero-hour mission is not recycled content. It's brand new. It's awesome. It's fun. It's challenging. The weapon's different, it handles different, it has better perks, it's really strong. Like, I have no problem with them doing this, it doesn't bother me. Obviously, I don't want a lot, I don't have a laundry list of exotics I want to have come back, but when they do it in this way, I, I, I'm not, you're not going to hear a peep out of me. I think it was done very well. Blue Moxie, yes, Outbreak was needed, but will we need more new content before Season of Opulence? Outbreak hype only lasts for two weeks tops, in my opinion. Thoughts? Well, all they had to do, in my opinion, was change the narrative and sort of the vibe in the community. Then they can just start rolling out trailers and information about Opulence. You have to understand something. They don't have to make the end of every season jam-packed full of stuff. They gotta put you in a good mood and then say, hey... Now that Drifter's coming to a close, look what we have up in store next for you. Really, that's what the final weeks of the season are generally used for. So, I don't actually think that they need to just jam the end full of stuff. I don't think there's really going to be anything going on uh, in the next couple of weeks. I think this was it. I think this, again, this changed the mood, the vibe, the attitude, and then they're going to start rolling out information about opulence. Mellow the X... 
Do you think Bungie should incorporate dungeons to a vast variety of um, to a vaster variety of exotics opposed to the randomly dropped ones? I love getting the whisper in the outbreak, but do you think more of these would cause exotics to be too easy to acquire? I, I wouldn't say that whisper or outbreak were quote unquote easy to acquire. I think this is a great way to get an exotic. It's challenging. You got to know what you're doing. It's not easy. Trust me. This is not something that 90% of the community ain't breezing their way through this. Okay. You watch streamers and you get a very, a very slanted exposure to gamers. Like I am not representative of the community. Okay. I I'm a good player. I've surrounded by good players going in and getting it done on our fifth or sixth try two manning it that's not normative most players that are booting up destiny and playing you know 90 percent of the community is not going to get it that quickly and that easily it's going to be more of a challenge for them that's not me tooting my own horn that's just the community in general look at the way that reckoning goes look at the raid completion percentages there's just not a hardcore high skilled community here they have this, they like to just run around and shoot you know shoot baddies and do fun stuff so I don't think that I, I want to push back on saying this would be too easy to acquire. Now, I also want to push back and say at the end of my talk, I said more of this, but I kind of qualified it, right? I qualified and said, we don't really need to do this, uh, you know, oh, let's just every single exotic, every single season, let's do eight dungeons, let's do nine mystery events. These things have more potency and power when they're infrequent, you know. I think we need more meat on the table, more meat and potatoes content. This is like dessert. It comes at the end, it's cool, it's neat, it's unique, but you know, I don't want to eat seven courses of this. I want to have good meat and potatoes grind, so... And yeah, I'm getting carried, but I think I earned this, right? With two manning and, and carrying a buddy on his way to get the gun. I mean, I'm not really getting carried. They're inputting sequences. You don't really, you don't, you don't really need me for that. Uh, the legendary uh, four king says, "Do you think that the outbreak quest is reflective of what we can expect to come since Bungie split with Activision? I would love things like this. Uh, I would love things to be like D1, where exotics actually felt exotic. I don't think." the way that Outbreak is designed or the way this mission is designed is representative of anything that's going to change because of Activision. They did the Whisper quest before. Goodness gracious, one of the best ARGs ever, the augmented reality game, I guess if that's what you want to call it. The the cool event that they did with Outbreak Prime in D1, that Activision was around, and that's probably the best event they've ever done. The long, drawn-out puzzle to get the original Outbreak Prime was easily the best one they've ever done. And that was back when they were around. So, when Activision was around. So, I don't think this is representative of a change at Bungie, of a change in the content, because Activision's out of the picture. I just, I don't think we're going to see any true measurable evidence of a difference until the next game comes out. I don't even think the next annual pass is going to be indicative of a an Activision-free Bungie. I think the next game will be indicative of that. So, I again, this is not... This is too soon and too close to things they've done before. Um, Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, let's see here. He says, I know you think Outbreak was needed, and I agree, uh, but do you have any negatives about it? Well, no. I, I don't have any negatives about this at all. Um, I, I think I think that whenever... Honestly, I... I Whenever they do something like this, I think people are, um, they're likely to, okay, I think they're likely to say, 
negatives about it. I think people just get critical. I, I think that's just, unfortunately, and this is why I try to be as positive as I can. When I don't see any negatives worth harping on, I just bang on that positive drum. Because I've been pretty negative. Drifter wasn't that great. I think out, I think I think Reckoning was terrible. I thought Gambit Prime was was compounded a lot of the problems of Gambit. You know, I, there's layers of problems with Season of the Drifter. But I, I I don't think in this instance there's any legitimate criticisms. I entertain the criticisms about the timer in my talk, you know, my other video about the actual mission itself, the Outbreak Mission Thoughts video. I entertain those timer criticisms and I talked about how it adds a uniqueness to the content. You can never really recapture that pressure and that feel. Once once everybody knows what to do, the timer becomes a non-issue as long as you're not a lead-footed dum-dum and can make good jumps. Um, so, to me, I just, again, I just don't see anything. I don't see anything in this that's worthy of sharp criticism. The timer is part of the content. The weapon is dope. The mission's cool. There's puzzles. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Um, I think the community has really responded well to it. So if you think it's bad or, or there's negatives or you want to criticize it, you're welcome to that opinion. It seems that the community in large part kind of doesn't agree. Now, the people asking for nerfs in PvP, that narrative is such a constant at this point, they're kind of muting themselves. So like I don't I don't take that all that all that serious. So there we got it done. We got the repair schematics and the SIVA particulate. And so now we got to do two more weeks solar configuration art configuration uh, I wanted to get this done before I took my trip uh, and then also it moves the it moves the um, the catalyst along so that you don't have to worry about uh, get, getting the catalyst taking five weeks or whatever the catalyst is going to take uh, you know three weeks so this is the definition of getting carried. You already said that. I already responded to you, so now you're just kind of being negative, so I'm just going to time you out. Um, they didn't need my help to input things on the uh, on the boxes, so I earned my catalyst fair and square, and when I first got the gun, I did a two-man on the boss, so I think we were world's first two-man, so get carried out of my chat if you're going to be a douche. Uh, old Man Bacon. Just got the season pass last night. Anything I need to do ASAP because it will go away when the next season starts. No, nothing goes away. Nothing goes away. Now, again, Revelry was great for leveling, and that was an event that's over. There's nothing you can do about that. You know, Eva Levante had really good bounties for leveling. They were real intentional bounties. Um, And unfortunately, um, unfortunately, that event, that's over. You can't get those anymore, right? Um, So... Other than using the, the the surge bounties at Drifter to kind of jump, I would do that before doing anything because that's going to kickstart your leveling. Before you start doing milestones or anything, do those power surge bounties, right? Do the power surge bounties, get those get those out of the way, get yourself jump started. So that way, any milestones or any um, prime engrams that drop, you don't want to shortchange those prime engrams. Yeah, thank you so much to uh, Two Switch and JD. For taking care of that and getting that done for me yeah i mean one person can do it i mean it was just let they know what to do so i just stood there and let them do it like it's not it wouldn't have benefited me to like clumsily like walk around and put in the things since they knew what to do so thanks boys um violent serpent says i don't think anyone saw outbreak prime coming back i think they should have brought another gun from D1 like the Monte Carlo and made it better, but I do like the Outbreak. What are your thoughts on the Monte Carlo? I mean, here's the thing. I don't have, like, a laundry list of of people 
uh, I, I don't have like a laundry list. I'm sorry, not a people of exotics that like I hope come back. I don't. I don't have like this. Oh, they should have brought this back instead. I like the Monte Carlo. I love the Monte Carlo ornament that made it black and red. Um, you know, I think it's a cool gun. I think the outbreak. The reason I like the outbreak coming back right now is they designed it in a way where. It's a wonderful primary, but it gets to leave its lane. That's something I talked about in my video. This should change their philosophy about exotic primaries. Exotic primaries should be able to leave their lane. They should be able to say, okay, we're going to give this gun the ability to do more damage to majors or shields or, or bosses or whatever. And they did it in a really smart way. You're, the, the, the outbreak doesn't leave its lane until you get an enemy that can take tons of damage. It doesn't start to ramp up its power on a on a on a on a drag or a thrall or an acolyte or whatever. It doesn't it doesn't get that benefit until you have something tanky that is, you know, stationary or whatever. So in that case, in that case, I think you you've actually now got a very, very good test case and a very good philosophy for all future primary exotic weapons. They should be set up in a way where they're amazing at what they do. They do great against ads, but they need to say, okay, how do we make this? Let's say they introduce a new exotic and it's a hand cannon, auto rifle, or a scout, something of that nature. The question they need to ask is, how do we get this thing to leave its lane? How do we get to leave its lane? What if it's a scout rifle that's amazing at distance, good dragonfly, good reload, great damage, great crowd control, but maybe if you hip fire it, you can charge it up and it like doubles as a fusion rifle and like it rips through majors and shields and stuff. So you can hip fire it and it's not a scout. It's like something else. That's what they have to do. They have to take that mindset of how can we make this gun leave its lane in a healthy way so it doesn't become stupid and absurd, but it's 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 appealing in a way that oh when i put this on i'm not ruining my loadout like right now if you put on sunshot if you put on graviton lance if you put on a number of exotic you know weapons like let's say you're gonna run huckleberry suros regime the the vigilance wing the mita the wish ender the cerberus the jade rabbit the sweet business if you put on any one of those they're good primaries they get the job done but then they don't leave their lane they don't do anything else they don't they don't go into another category of damage or helping you so you're like why the frick am i gonna put this on huckleberry or suros i can run the outbreak I'm, so, I'm not so I'm not, not the outbreak. I'm sorry. I can run the breakneck. The breakneck's better than both of those weapons. Why would I run those? If you want to run something distance like Vigilance Wing or Mita Multitool, you're going to run a Bygones or a Blast Furnace. You're not going to run those weapons. Sweet business. Again, you're probably just going to run the breakneck. Anything that's rapid fire, you're just going to run breakneck. Anything that's precision and distance like a Mita, Jade Rabbit, or a Vigilance Wing, you're just going to run a Bygones or a Blast Furnace. Any of the hand cannons, I mean, Ace is really nice in PvE, sure, but it doesn't, there's no measurable, oh my gosh, difference as far as killing trash ads. It doesn't leave its lane. It doesn't do anything to majors or shields or bosses or anything. So you run Ace of Spades, it's like, I can run Midnight Coup, Warden's Law, I can run a, I can run a kindled orchid and it's going to keep up pretty much with the efficiency of an ace um so again 
Outbreak lands and says, I'm a fantastic ad killer. I go beyond just ad killing. I'm great for crowd control because of the Sivamites. And when you start shooting me at a boss or a mid-range enemy that's shielded or tanky, I'm going to start to ramp up damage. I'm going to leave my lane and get to wear a second hat. And that, I think, is the greatest way to treat these weapons. I mean, the, the Sunshot and the Graviton Lance are in a very, very similar boat. They're primary weapons, but they're down in the energy slot. Uh, they just they don't get to do... Polaris Lance as well, like they just they don't do enough to warrant use. Even Firefly on the Ace, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough. Being able to have decent crowd control on trash ads is not game changing enough to put down a Telesto, Thunderlord, 1K Voices, Whisper of the Worm. You know, uh, even now the Outbreak Prime, the the Arbalist or the Risk Runner are arguably more beneficial than running a freaking gun with Firefly. Um, I have Malfeasance. The only exotic I don't have at this point that's a weapon, uh, the only exotic I do not have is Thorn. Um, and then, I don't know what this powerful one... Oh, the, the Anarchy. I'm missing the Anarchy and the Thorn. That's it. Uh, da, 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 da. Corner Clockin'. Hey, Lono. Thanks for all the talks and keeping me company on my days off. How do you feel about the early rumbles about the OP complaints of the outbreak perfected. Uh, Lono low, Lono salt, Lono high. <laughs> Let's just add Lono pog. Oh, we're so shocked that, you know, the PvP community is saying something's overpowered. I Again, I talked about this yesterday. I, I think that because of the era of the Matador and the Party Crasher um, and even the Universal Remote, there was an era where you could, you could blame equipment for your death. You could say, I died because of the equipment that they're using. So equipment blaming became very common during that time from the thorn and then on. So once the thorn and then there's the thorn, then shotguns um, take over after doctrine and the last word get nerfed because the mid range shutdown went away. Everybody starts using God roll party crashers and matadors and the freaking universal remote. And then everybody gets mad about that and they're blaming their deaths on equipment now in some of those circumstances those are legitimate frustrations there's a huge difference between a god roll matador and a garbage matador you're going to lose those fights if you've got a god roll and i don't i'm never going to get close enough to win that fight you can shoot me from across the dadgum room i'm going to take you to like half health maybe so that became like a common response to death is blaming equipment And so now we get all the way into D2 years later after all this becomes like a habit. Anytime anything is strong in the crucible, people want to blame the equipment. And in this case, it's just another situation where it's like, it's an exotic, it's strong, it's killing me, it needs nerfed. You know, and I don't know if there's a good argument to be made for it to be too strong. Typically what I wait for is, you gotta wait a couple of weeks for it to calm down and get in distribution couple of pvp guys will make videos and then people start really testing and measuring it and then you might have people saying well with its range efficiency its lack of recoil and its ttk this thing is insanely good now the question then becomes at that point is that acceptable because it's an exotic or is it an outlier is it outside the bell curve is it unbeatable 
those like there's a series of questions that have to be asked right so you have to go through a lot of things like is it functioning as it should in its efficiency range yes is it functioning at the tip of the pyramid yes it's an exotic it should be after you answer all those questions the next question is is it an outlier is it unbeatable is it so fast so strong and so efficient that it's causing disruption to you know basic balance and even then, in that philosophy discussion, there's always a challenge of, well, it's an exotic. Shouldn't be really, really hard to beat. But you don't want it to have it be like a delete the enemy button, where you're basically deleting anybody you go up against because, you know, there's there's no question. It's just so strong, so stable, so, so, so fast on the TTK. So... Shark official, do you see a nerf coming in hot for Outbreak considering people are one-phasing raid bosses? I don't think they're going to nerf the weapon. I think they're going to cap the stacks of damage you can get because um, if I'm using it, this wouldn't affect me, right? I can only get so many stacks because I'm by myself. Six people putting nanites and all those nanites going into those stacks, that's where it's kind of breaking boss encounters like the Scourge of the Past boss. So they're probably going to let us have our fun all the way to Opulence, and then Opulence is probably going to land, and they're going to be like, look, we're not going to mess with the gun. The gun's fine. However, you're not going to be able to go past this percentage of damage buff because this is only happening in situations where six people are using the gun. This is a bit non-normative. This is a bit of an outlier. We're going to we're going to love, so you can't go past this cap. So it's still going to be really effective with six people, but it's not going to become absurd and then as a solo player or somebody playing with your buds and strikes and nightfalls you probably aren't even going to feel that if they do it it's only going to affect those extreme circumstances I would be okay with that it's a primary we shouldn't be going into a boss fight a raid boss fight and absolutely obliterating him with primaries that's a problem but again it's not because the gun is too strong it's because all nanites from all the weapons are just going insane so I would think it'll be in opulence or one of the first patches after opulence and again I'm not asking for a nerf that's a tweak to a to a, a damage buff cap that's abnormal and you're not going to feel that in your day to day public event strike grinding so CP4 Gators what were the player numbers after outbreak I know the twitch directory skyrocketed do you think Bungie's realizing when they give quality content community will rally around and support well, it's Thursday, so yesterday was pretty good. It did bounce back. Almost 600,000 PvE players. That is a bit of a jump. PvE had dropped down into the 400,000s, so it did really rally the troops back. Revelry ending and seeing an uptick in PvE players is actually really encouraging because Revelry ending did also help PvP a little bit. PvP numbers are still low. Um, Guardians GG was showing me 177,000, which is kind of crazy, um, considering they, that, that the tonics are no longer happening. So when I go to Guardians GG, it tells me that 177,000 people played Crucible yesterday. Um, that's low. I, that's, that's really, really low. If you subtract, if you subtract the Destiny Tracker website, I, that, that more people are playing Gambit, I, that, I don't know either something's off in the tracking or revelry just really really ticked people off and they're they're done for the season maybe they don't know revelry's over maybe they're just ticked off and irritated that you know revelry with the tonics combined with rumor with the news of the lunas and the not forgotten getting nerfed 
may have just taken a bunch, a chunk of people that said, I'm done. I'm, I'm taking a break. This is irritating. Because um, PvP numbers are weak right now. Very, very weak. Uh, and I don't know what to attribute that to other than Revelry ticking people off. And not, they're not really... Um, coming back also somebody's making a very good point in the chat a lot of people that play pvp may be taking their play sessions from yesterday and tuesday and trying to get the weapon so they're not going into pvp so as soon as pvp gets cleansed of all the tonic crap there's a new weapon to go chase so the pvp guys are like we should probably go chase this it's probably a good weapon so that may have bled a lot of players over because the like an extra 200,000 players roughly in pve 150 to 200,000 extra players in pve some of those may have just kind of migrated over from the pvp player pool because they're like we got to get this outbreak prime let's not worry about pvp right now that's also possible next week will be the true test because it'll be like well everybody's got the weapon once you're done doing the catalyst for each week you know that's one day you know you go through and run at one time on on heroic um I would think PvP numbers would hopefully rebound a little bit because matchmaking's just got to be atrociously bad with less than 200,000 players a day. That's got to be pretty rough. Bumble17, I know it's uh, in the past you've spoken at length about enhancement cores being used to enhance perks on armor. Would this finally be a solution to the masterworking armor problem as Bungie have never really landed masterwork armor? Well, I mean, this would be, yeah, this would be another capstone. Because somebody would be like, well, what's the point in masterworking armor? What if you have to masterwork the armor before you can enhance the perks, right? Now, if you take enhancement cores out of masterworking the armor, that would be an okay hurdle. Because it's like, well, you don't have to use enhancement cores to masterwork anymore. So just spend the resources, masterwork your freaking armor, capstone it, and now you can start enhancing its perks with enhancement cores. I think those two things, there's like three things they need to do one with leveling, you know, make blues and purples drop at your power level because that makes milestones more influential. Uh, leveling's more sensible, more streamlined, would still take a while. They'd still be really small jumps, but you'd be more in the driver's seat and in control of your leveling. And then if you yank enhancement cores out of out of infusion and instead you... Um, oh, no, they'd be in masterwork. No, they would still be in masterwork. I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. I completely missaid that. You take them out of infusion... It's like basic currencies to infuse, a little bit more costly to masterwork, and then even more costly to enhance the perks. Like, that's a perfectly healthy spectrum of investment in gear. Infusion shouldn't be that painful. That's pretty much garden variety. This is what I want to use. After that, it's like, if this is your favorite, then you can masterwork it and get a little bit of a benefit. After that, you unlock the ability to enhance perks. Now you want to take perks up to the next level. You got to use enhancement cores to do that, and that's costly. It's a spectrum of investment that gets more expensive the more you go along it, with infusion being the most, in my opinion, the most inconsequential thing you can do. It's just you saying you want to use that gun. So, uh, Lulu BR, any tips to complete uh, the emblem time trial my team and i were consistently getting to the boss with six to seven minutes am i just not sure of where we could shave time off um i mean if people are dying that's usually the main cause if people are dying that's that's the cause of your of your of your slowness so i would say find areas that you're dying and figure out why like do you need to stick together do you need to uh funnel your damage you know the walker room we were splitting up we figured that we might want to start sticking together in that room 
Um, there's areas where jumping and dying, you know, you could you could you could you could utilize the people that like go forward and hit the switch and put those bar you know the the, the barriers stuff up for you uh make sure you're not trying to do it on heroic i i don't know it says you you were consistently getting to the boss for six to seven minutes i mean make sure you're doing it on normal you don't need to do it on heroic other than that i i i don't know um people who have the emblem are cheesing it yeah i mean there's plenty of people cheesing for the emblem we did not cheese for the emblem we earned the emblem fair and square uh we cheesed for the the what's it's called the stupid uh, putting in the codes just because you can lose the thing i lost the thing and we had to start over so i didn't have any qualms about uh cheesing that because we literally lost it out of our inventory so we had to start the whole freaking mission over um so yeah i i wouldn't encourage you to cheese it for the emblem because the emblem is actually like it's actually really fun to earn that fair and square because you're actually beating the boss not going into a room and like putting numbers in so uh, the Phil 34, do you think that the way this quest was activated had more to do with how it was in D1, or is Bungie listening when there was complaints about the RNG nature of starting Whisper? Not saying that there was a plan for them to be the same, but there is no RNG starting outbreak at all. Well, no, yeah, I, I think they listened because they even changed the way the Whisper shows up. Like, it's just there all the time. Um... Bungie gets a bad rap on the whole we're listening thing. I know we like to we like to kind of like rib them and give them you know we like to take shots and be like yeah you're listening. In general, I think a lot of the times they are listening and they do make changes. They have made adjustments to things like that. And I think in this case, that's exactly what they did. They said we need something good to end this season. There's no way going into season of the Drifter they were blind to the fact that people were going to be like. This isn't that great of a season. I think Bungie knew that. I think Bungie knew going into season of the Drifter, there was going to be a, a, a significant portion of the community that was going to kind of shrug at the content and be like, I don't really care about this. I don't care about Gambit. I don't like Reckoning. Drop rate sucks. Where are the bounties, etc. They had to know that Drifter wasn't going to do so hot. you know. And the player base numbers back me on this. This isn't my opinion. Drifter did not capture and keep nearly as many people for as long as Black Armory did so more than likely they said look we gotta kinda end with a bang here let's do let's do another whisper style mystery mission but let's make sure it's not like RNG based and frustrating unfortunately there does seem to be some glitches on the front end getting into the room getting the door to unlock picking up the data pad all that there's there's some glitches there's glitches with respect to the fact that you're supposed to be able to run it on heroic on all your characters and you can't hopefully today those pushes those those things get pushed out they're supposed to be fixing that stuff now i don't know if once they push that out can i run a heroic on my other characters and get and get more of the catalyst done because if that's the case then i could probably I, i could probably get it done i don't even know does it show me my catalyst percentage in here See, in particular, it's at 33%, so 20 would take it to 53, another 20 would take it to 73. No, it wouldn't. Okay, so. Well, unless doing the other, pu- unless doing the puzzle, no, you gotta do the puzzle on the different burns. The puzzle needs to be done on different per- burns. So even if we could run it two more times today, that's only another 40%, taking us to 73. So, that would set us up to get it done on Tuesday, but I don't think they're gonna, I think it's once a week, the way they have it set up because it's clearly the catalyst, the ship thing is tied to the burn, so. Because you have to do one for Void, Solar, and Arc. Ashen Annihilator. 
more on the gun's mechanics, but how do you make the nanites attach for bonus damage? Does it have to be critical hits, or weak spot, head, body shots? Okay, so critical kills triggers it, and rapid hits trigger it. And we figured, we found out, it's four rapid hits, and I mean, it's gotta be rapid, no break. If I go one, two, three, and then the, and then the ad moves, and then I go four, it doesn't do it. But when you go one, two, three, four, it creates them. And I think, I think even... I think they're they're more likely to spawn, or maybe they spawn in, in bigger numbers if it's a crit. Because it says, Steven Anite swarms on rapid hits and precision kills. So when it's a big target, just dump just dump into them. Don't, don't stop shooting them. You know, rally barricade, whatever. Just don't stop shooting because of the rapid hit. I don't know if they're bigger or more significant when it's a critical hit. I don't know. Um, I'm not sure how they do that. I think... I think it's the same. I think you get bigger swarms on kills, smaller swarms on rabbit hits that kind of attach to the enemy. The swarms for you know that, that kind of move around are bigger on a kill. I'm fairly certain. Maybe they just look bigger because they're moving around. So, uh, fright chicken. Since they seem to be making primary exotics more powerful, do you think heavy legendaries still need a buff so they can compete? Oh, 100 percent. Going into this mission, as soon as you try and use the, you know, the machine guns, because they've been kind of hurt against many bosses and bosses, they just don't feel like heavy weapons at all. My machine gun feels like an energy weapon. It just doesn't feel that great. It really doesn't. I, I, it, they, they need help. Rocket launchers need help. Grenade launchers are actually in a really good spot, so I would, I don't know, maybe a grenade launcher with spike nades might be the way to go, especially if it's void. Match the burn and take a grenade launcher in with spike nades. I don't know. I feel like the, I feel like a spike nade grenade launcher is in a better place right now than a machine gun. Delirium's really strong, but delirium, you're like, you're bullet hosing them. You get the three stacks of the, of the, of the kill tally, and then you have like 190, 200 some bullets. And then they, and then you just, you're basically bullet hosing them. You're not actually doing insane damage per second. You're doing really good damage over time because there's so many bullets and you have a damage buff on the gun for all those bullets, the three times kill tally. Outside of the delirium, I just don't feel like the avalanche and the hammerhead, they just don't feel very strong. Um, they feel like energy weapons, they feel like light machine guns, they don't feel like heavy machine guns. Uh, Peter Iliac, I understand a legendary special weapon needing a nerf when it's better than an exotic heavy, but why are people complaining about the queen, uh, the outbreak perfected being better than, say, Wardcliff? With that philosophy, Bungie might as well save exotic weapons for the heavy slot only. To me, it's apples to apples. People are making the mistake, though, of making false comparisons. Because the outbreak the outbreak perfected is only doing that because six people are using it the gun itself out of the box used at maximum efficiency isn't going to do as good of dps as a as a as a, as a ward cliff if i stack up on a rally barricade and i empty my ward cliff coil into a into a wanted boss a tanky boss you know a public event boss and i unload my ward cliff every shot every good shots on him, good rockets you compare that to Outbreak. Outbreak is going to lose that race every freaking time. It takes too long for it to ramp all the way up to really, really good DPS. It only really starts banging on all cylinders when you're using, like, multiple people in the fire team are using it. 
So it's unique in its execution and its power. That's why I think they're just going to cap how much of a damage buff it gets, because six people using it, it's ludicrous. And that's obviously only happening in raids, because you can't take six people. Now, six people in the public space can be using it, even if they're not all in the same fire team. So again, they just need to look at it. Not nerfing the weapon, just saying... This thing is still going to out of the box work great for you when you're by yourself or when you're in a fire team, but it's not going to go up to these absurd damage levels when six people are using it. Um, Mick Cheshire. Do you think that part of the reason why this type of content is so successful is because it leans so heavily into our nostalgia? I don't think it's, it's successful because of that. I think it's part of the equation, though, right? You're saying, oh, this is successful because it leans so heavily into our nostalgia. No. Replace the Outbreak Perfected with another pulse rifle that does something cool. Maybe it's another SIVA pulse rifle. And maybe it's a trace rifle. Maybe they could have done a SIVA red trace rifle. Nobody would have been less excited. It still would have been, oh my gosh, it's a SIVA trace rifle. Let's get it. It looks similar to the Outbreak. Look at this thing. It's awesome. Okay goes in the kinetic slot no energy damage just really really strong kinetic damage over time weapon um i don't think anybody been like oh it's not as exciting there is a layer of excitement about this because it's the outbreak the outbreak being one of the if not the most memorable event puzzle event of destiny one this is it this weapon here is it this is the gun from destiny one they took that they took that sleeper puzzle thing a thousand yards further with Outbreak. So, I still think people would have been super, super excited. Siva Trace Rifle, and it's in the kinetic slot because it's doing non-elemental Siva damage instead. It's doing, like, kinetic infection damage or something. People would have been like, oh my gosh, let's get that thing, you know. You could have called it, I don't know corruption perfected or something like that uh the phil 34 how do you feel it would land if there was a quest or a rare bounty that rewarded a super dope exotic shader i know it's just cosmetics but a sweet earned shader would be awesome to show off with okay here's the thing exotic ghosts sparrows and ships okay that's let's level one let's just say that exotic ghosts sparrows and ships is level one level two would be ornaments and exotic shaders ornaments for those exotic ghost sparrows and ships and then exotic shaders that'd be like level two you take those levels those levels one and two and you create exotic ship sparrows uh and um and ghosts for all the planets make them like look inspired by that planet and then you do the exotic ornaments for those items, so I can make my sparrow look different. I can make my ship look different. Electrical effects, void effects, whatever the frick. And those could be peppered throughout your leveling up an NPC. If you're leveling up the EDZ. Now, that's not a strong enough motivator. If it's just a, if it's, you're just you're just puking cosmetics on the game, that's great, but that's not you know what I'm saying? That's not that exciting by itself. That needs to be like interlaced with if all the NPCs had intentionality, if they had those bounty grinds that Ada has, you'd be week to week 
grinding bounties for a particular NPC because you want their weapon. While you're doing that, you're raising your rank with them. When there's a flashpoint, you're raising your rank with that planet. And interwoven with that is a testimony of how much you're grinding. An exotic sparrow, an exotic ghost, an exotic ship. And then if you keep grinding, you can be like, you know what? I don't really have anything going on this week. Nothing that I really want to chase. I want to get that ornament for my sparrow. The, you know, there's a there's a Titan Sparrow that's really, really cool, and I can get an electrical effect ornament because there's all that electricity happening on Titan, and you can add that to your Sparrow. Now, some of this is difficult because that's grading against um, their desire to funnel a lot of the dope cosmetics into the Eververse. The Eververse is a place for them to make extra money uh, without having a publisher now, That you know, putting cosmetics in their purchase only. I love this gun, and I loved the Patient Zero skin, so I got it. You know, I was Patient Zero. I have a nostalgic attachment to that name and this gun and that time in Destiny's history, so I bought it, okay? Well, to me... That was fu- I-, I could do that. It's like, you know what? I earned the weapon. The weapon is dope. There's apparently a ship. There's the catalyst we can earn. I, I felt like that was worth the money. You know, seven bucks uh, per ornament or whatever. So I know everything I just outlined potentially grates against that. But what you can do is if you create a culture in the game where folks are grinding and getting cool weapons, folks are grinding and getting cool cosmetics, that starts to become part of their view of the game in a greater sense. So then when they go to the Eververse and there's a $5 ornament for their gun or their armor or their ship or their sparrow or whatever, that's another layer of monetization they could bring to the Eververse. You could keep putting dope ship sparrows and ghosts in the Eververse and then sell ornaments for them. You see what I'm saying? Oh, sweet. I just popped open an Ingram from Tess and I got this really cool new ship. And now... I kind of feel drawn to buying that ornament. Well, I think you're more likely to think that way if that's woven into the culture of destiny. I still haven't gotten this black uh, peregrine. The thing is so cool looking. Um, Because if you're accustomed to going planet to planet and chasing cool ships and sparrows and then slapping ornaments on them... When you go to the Eververse and you're like, oh sweet, I got one of the new ships. I got the one that I call Brutus. I got this dope, big, giant, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Space Turtle ship. He's awesome. Look at him. Okay. Um, I would think if I get this and then there's an ornament for sale for it that's really, really cool, I, I would, I think more people would be willing to think in that respect. Like, oh, three bucks for a ship ornament that's pretty cool right i i've gotten ship ornaments from all these other planets you know i think it would i think it would it would be a good way for them to like have it be a holistic um approach shark official with the recent d1 weapons that have been added do you think bungie will be adding more raid weapons such as vex class or g-horn i don't know g-horn's not a, a raid weapon by the way uh we you put raid in quotations but vex is a raid weapon i don't this is actually we we thought about this yesterday this is actually interesting it's actually interesting the outbreak perfected is the first d1 raid weapon to return to destiny we've not gotten vex there's been no fate bringer there's been no genesis chain there's been no yasmin none of that this is the first the first 
the first D1 raid weapon to return. So, I don't know if this marks a signal that those weapons are going to be coming back in unique ways. I don't know if it means that they're going to be doing the, the raids coming back. I don't know. I I, I don't want to read. I don't. I sometimes like reading into the tea leaves and making recommend, you know, and making predictions. But I don't know if we want to read too deeply into this. Nuteria. Thanks. Uh, thank you for the Q&A. Do you believe Penumbra being predominantly all about events similar to Outbreak is the way to go? No, I talked about this in my talk. Uh, we need more meat and potatoes content. You can't live off this kind of content. It doesn't work. Um, so. I love you, but the ship is hideous. Oh, you don't like Brutus? Well, then here, I'll show you this one. This one's pretty nice. Llama God. Given the success of the exotic quest, should Bungie le- uh, levit... Le- levitate towards drip feeding what what are these words you guys are using <laughs> levitate towards drip feeding old exotics don't just try to use big words what the frick unless autocorrect got you um maybe you might say lean towards drip feeding old exotics in the way every half a month i would think oh we meant to say gravitate maybe <laughs> levitate what the frick uh once a season i could see them doing something like this once a season (laughs) gravitate but points yeah (laughs) six points to gryffindor um yeah you don't want to do them too often you don't want to do them too often uh but i think doing them once a season or every other season is pretty cool again we need we need more meat and potatoes content you got to be careful you you overswing here and you just you start asking for more dungeons more this more that there's there's plenty in the game right now without without doing you know without doing stuff like that uh Llama, uh, I'm sorry, large mouse. Is void configuration bounty bugged? I keep losing it all the time. Okay, so the void uh, configuration bounty seems to go away when you have any APIs open. I had dim open, and we closed dim, and I kept mine, right? So I, I, I would recommend doing that. Shut down your, shut down your APIs. Um, shut down your APIs. I'm not really sure why we're not getting alerted about these accounts. Um, that one, we should have been alerted about that one. I don't know if Demins is around, but that one got through on the follower because uh, we have follower only mode. I don't know why people think that's such a significant spoiler. It's just, it's just Pokemon. <laughs> How dumb and childish can you be? Um, someone better. What do you think about Outbreak being able to melt Primeval on the second damage phase and Gamut Prime nerf incoming? Yeah, more than likely. Again, it's because of it's because of the threshold of damage being uncapped, and that's what people are doing. Is everybody's using it? and It's just going up into absurd levels. Uh, Waves RM with the trend of bringing back exotics. Would you like to see Galahorn come back? I think Galahorn's going to come back in September or beyond. Touch of Mouse is probably going to come back as well. We're going to return to the Dreadnought, and I think that's going to be their time. This next season, this next annual past the sixth year, is going to be a ton of those stuff, a, a ton of that stuff returning, because I think it's an easy win. Can you solo player complete this? Yes, many people have already done that. Well, not many, but a handful. Uh, WC Mally, would you rather see more D3 annual pass or a couple bigger expansions with story and more? I have a whole video on this. Um, I think the, I think the, um, 
annual pass contents better than tentpole i did a whole talk on this i think it works better i think annual pass drip feed is more it's more in harmony with hobbyist players with you know with game as service games whenever whenever you um whenever you leave hobbyist games i think tentpole dlc works but i don't think tentpole dlc works in game of service games drip feed is is more in harmony with how we play week to week day to day month to month getting a bunch of content that um getting a bunch of content that you basically then burn through in a month and then you wait like four months for new content is 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 dissonant it's out of sync with how we play drip feed is in sync with how we play I'm Mr. Poppers. I'm a Destiny 2 PS4 player. Uh, I went away for a bit, but I went back uh, to it. However, I may want to go to PC. Do you think it's worth to rebuy and replay the whole thing? That's up to you. Um, that's up to you. Uh, I think that it's all about perception. I did a whole video recently about how replaying the story at a harder difficulty would be really good. Go and play Zero Hour at the 700 difficulty and you're getting one shot by basic ads. I'm telling you, right? I'm telling you. Doing that across the board, across the game, in strikes, public events, lost sectors, um, it becomes it becomes a different game, right? It becomes a different game. So I would think, and this is, this is not necessarily an answer to your uh, question. This isn't necessarily an answer to your question, but... If you could boot up the game, play through it one time, and then get to the tower, and your second and third characters could just kind of join you there, right? They could just kind of join you there. Well, then they could replay it at a harder difficulty, get better loot, get better drops, maybe level a little bit quil- quicker. You know what I mean? I think that I think that that could be a good way of doing it as well. I missed a bunch of subs. I'm so sorry. This will be good live with 19 months, Menace with three months, and then uh, Kodos with a brand new Prime sub. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to back out and try and get the update just in case it's getting pushed out since it is 1 o'clock while we're taking more questions. Uh, Orby, do you think the secret quest... Holy moly. Uh, Do you think the secret quest was always planned to be released on Tuesday the 7th? Uh, Should Bungie have pushed it up in response to the poor community... Poor community reception to the season overall. No, I think it was at a, I think it was at a right time. Oh, they're just doing maintenance. Oh, it might just be a hot fix then, not like an actual patch. Anyways, um, I don't. Yeah, I don't even need to, to release it any earlier. I think it. I think they released it at, 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 at a perfectly fine time. I was fine with it. Subaru, how do you feel about the puzzle being the way to the catalyst? Uh, can be done in three weeks compared to the chests from the Whisper mission. I think it's fine. You know, three weeks is good. Um, you know, three weeks is fine. It, it doesn't need to take longer than that or faster than that. I think it's totally fine the way they've done it. Um, potato, potato of death. I have D2 vanilla near max character. What would be your process to get max end game? Sorry for, if there's a video out there. If you're near max, just keep playing and doing milestones. There's no silver bullet. Um, and Terra's night. Do you think there should be uh, they should make dungeons a regular event. Already talked about this once a season, maybe every other season, but we don't need that much of dungeons or mystery quests like this. We need more meat and potatoes content. Oscar, now that the old tower was open, do you think we're going to do new missions in D1 locations 
uh, besides Leviathan and new content, thanks. Bringing D1 content into D2 is really difficult. We have that on very good authority from people that worked at Bungie. Uh, Holtzman worked there for six months. Many other people have said this. They've gotten kind of the inside scoop, I guess, that it's difficult to bring Destiny 1 content into Destiny 2. Therefore, I wouldn't count on getting that. I would love it if all the D1 raids came to Destiny 2 because playing Wrath and Kingsfall and Vogue and Crota with the better frame rate and the better FOV would be awesome. The Vreek. Do you think the calls for the Outbreak nerf as well as other recent nerfs uh, as a result of PvP are in some way part due to the hand cannon shotgun meta having too much of a grip on the Crucible? No, I already kind of psych- I already kind of psychologize why people are so upset about this. I actually don't think um, I don't think the hand cannon shotgun meta is why. Eknor, do you think maybe the new six man activity has something to do with Siva? I think this weapon may have been the same purpose with when we got the last word in the armory and Thorn this season, which were linked in lore. They were linked in lore, but not to not to content. There was no gameplay. There was no missions. Junior Ice with twenty nine months. Thank you. I don't I I don't want to jump to these conclusions. I don't. Um. I, I don't want to jump to these conclusions because uh, to me Whisper showed up and then there was Taken stuff in Forsaken but it wasn't like Whisper didn't really give us any sharp clues um, you know what I mean no 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 not missions to get the weapons C Games what I'm saying is the thorn in the last word showing up didn't lead to future missions and future content that like had to do with that lore so I'm using that logic of saying just because Outbreak Prime shows up doesn't mean there's future content and lore reasons for saying, oh, hey, d- because of the Outbreak Perfected. As somebody's saying, Forsaken was a lot of scorn. It was fighting the Barons. You know, Taken stuff was there, but the Whisper wasn't really like a clue into Taken and the raid. And even then, even then it wasn't significant. I mean, it was there, but it like... I wouldn't say you could connect that to the whisper. Uh, Ghostface. Slightly off topic, do you think game and service model appeals to a certain personality types, addictive or otherwise? I think gaming has become a form of leisure like reading, watching television, shopping, Facebook. You know? I think gaming has become a form of leisure. And I think because it's a form of leisure, people have gravitated towards games that they don't have to like put down after a week they're not gonna they're not like suddenly not a gamer just because their favorite new game they're kind of over with they're like oh I'm done with Tomb Raider I'm done with God of War I think people naturally are gravitating toward games where the game feels like a hobby there's a synchronicity there it syncs up it lines up it's like oh gaming is my hobby this game lets me play like it's a hobby every day, every week, blah, blah, blah. This works out really well. Gaming is not the same. When I grew up, gaming was very different. Gaming was something you did for you know a couple hours when your buddies came over or you'd pull an all-nighter, right? Gaming was not a hobby. It, it, it was for some people, but for most people, gaming was a leisurely weekend, Friday night thing. Maybe after you're done with your homework, you'd play for a little bit. But back when I was gaming, it was not normal for people to sit down and put in two to four to five hours in a single game every day of the week. That's becoming more common just because gaming as a hobby is becoming more common. Games on your phone, games on your iPad, games everywhere. So that's what I would attribute it to. I don't think it's because 
personality types like oh I'm addicted personality like stuff like that I think there's a market for it there's a market for it because of the way that gaming has changed Lama Salami what do you think this new gun means for the future of kinetic exotics do you think we will see more weapons as bonkers as this one well it's only bonkers with six people using it it's not bonkers if you're using it in most content just by yourself or with you know one or two other people it I, but I did say in my talk, I think this should inform the philosophy behind exotic weapon design in the future, right? In the future, we should be, we, we should be saying an exotic in the kinetic or primary slot should be more than a primary. Like, write that down. Bungie needs to write that down. Their weapon design team needs to write that down and put it on the wall. If you're making an exotic a primary, it needs to be more than a primary. If it's just a good primary, there's plenty of good primaries in the game. It ain't gonna be enough. It ain't gonna draw enough attention. Now, I know in PvP that's different. I That's not exactly what I'm talking about, though. It's clear I'm talking about the, the rest of the game, the 90% of the content, right? The only way exotic primaries start landing in the game and being as winsome and as exciting as the outbreak perfected, they have to be more than a primary because it's an exotic. So, and exotic heavy weapons are part of that equation, but they're not the lead. They're not the problem, but they're part of the equation. They need to look at stronger legendary heavies. You know, if I really like the graviton lance or I really like the Suros regime using it shouldn't feel like this massive detriment to my loadout but it feels that way because there's not a lot of great exotic um, there's not a lot of heavy trade-off the legendary heavies are lackluster it's not good enough they're not strong enough rockets grenade launchers are okay they're in a better place rockets not that great machine guns not that great so Doc, with the PvP-focused question, what are your thoughts on the current flinch mechanic, and do you think having it on uh, or not makes a difference between the top-tier player and the bottom tier? I I think it's just too extreme. I don't know if the hardcore, really skilled players would argue and say, if I'm aiming down sights and someone hit, shoots me with a scout in the head... There should be nothing that happens. I should just sit there rock solid. I don't know if anybody makes that argument. There should be some sort of an effect if I aim down sights and I shoot you first, right? If I scout you in the face first, then there should be some something that happens. You shouldn't just be able to sit there and tank shots in the face and have no effect whatsoever and then just nail your headshot. I think it's just that the flinch is way too extreme. It's way too extreme. WC Mally. Uh, when do you think we will see Aldrin enter the story again? Do you think, uh, do you want to see more cutscene story uh, instead of just lore entries? I'm, I'm fine with the lack of storytelling if they're giving us lots of grindable content. I don't want them to focus on that right now. But I would like to see more Aldrin. I think Aldrin's going to show up in September. Uh, Yoshi Bro Chill. You think adding bigger chunks of content would be better, so not everyone is doing the same exact uh, thing every time there is something new, some variety in Crucible. No, 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 no. There's a strategy here. There's definitely a strategy. You've got to add... You have to add stuff that everybody's playing together because that that funnels folks together. Um, 
So I can't select the mission heroic. Let me let me switch to my warlock and see if they fix that. If they pushed out the server fix, let me switch to my warlock and see if I can see the mission heroic. Um, for matchmaking purposes, when the forge come out, when reckoning comes out, like launching things piecemeal like that or drip feed like that is actually really good. Yeah, I can't see it heroic. Launching stuff piecemeal like that's good because it helps with matchmaking, helps people get in the content quicker. Uh, Wid says, do you think there will be, um, do you think there will be a really good PVE legendary sniper? I always use them in D1 raids, D2 they're not very good. In general, snipers need help, fusions need help, the weapon system's not really where it needs to be, um, because I think you, you really want, you really need to push the primaries all up into the primary slot, secondaries all down into the secondary slot, and really start to iterate on how to make fusions and snipers, you know, far more viable as secondaries. Um, because if they're all in the same lane, it's easier to do that. You've got like five, four or five kinetic snipers, four or five kinetic shotguns. And it's like, what the frick are they doing up there? Just bring them down into the secondary slot. Simplify the weapon system and start, and start buffing them. Lama Salami, what kind of weapons do you hope to see new in the season? Do you think hand cannons will go under a little? Or do you always think they'll be a top weapon? There's no way to make hand cannons not good, okay? Hand cannons, because of the way they're built and because of the way the combat works, you're rarely a mile away from the enemy. Once you're close to enemies and you're within the efficiency range, okay? Once you're in the efficiency range of a hand cannon, it just becomes a dominant and a consistent weapon presence. This is the nature of it. They hit hard. If you nerf hand cannons and make them suck, that's the only way you're going to get them to not show up as often. They're super versatile. Because of their fire rate, their range, their damage, they just get to really, really work well. They're agile for close-range encounters. They're good at mid to far. And then really, really long-range scouts and sniper range. Almost nobody's getting engagements at that, at that, at that distance. So, I hope to see... I would always, I always would hope to see this, okay? I don't care so much about primaries because you can make pulses work. Scouts don't have any footing in this, in this, in this game right now. Auto rifles can be made work, you know, because breakneck's proof of that, okay? So if you're going to do more auto rifles, keep them in the lane of the breakneck, keep them strong, or the half dan. Pulses are great, hand cannons are great, bows can be made great. What I would really want to see them do is make fusion significantly better and start adding legendary trace rifles. And then look at the heavy weapons. Look at look at rocket launchers because they still suck. Bring machine guns back up a little bit. Grenade launchers probably need a little bit more ammo. Maybe just a couple, maybe an extra mag worth. And I think that would help out the weapon system significantly. So that's the final question I'm not going to shut down the stream so if you're here live right now and you enjoy this type of interactive content be sure to click follow that is the heart button that helps support my stream I do a little outro here for people that listen to this elsewhere if you're listening to this on iTunes Google Play Spotify or if you're watching on YouTube you can always tune in live twitch.tv slash say no to rage as with all of my content I appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe